About 21 years ago, I walked into a school hall very similar to this one on a Sunday morning, and I experienced community in a way that I'd never experienced before. I've been told by a friend about a school, a, a church that met in a school, and I came in and nothing prepared me for what I discovered that day. The moment I arrived, I felt like I'd come home, even though I'd never met any of these people before. There was such care, such love. They were so welcoming. People uh, took time to get to know me over the coming, over the months that followed. And uh, I made friends there. I had fun. I saw and heard things of God that I'd never experienced before. I felt like I belonged. I became uh, part of the family that was King's Church, High Wycombe. And I, even though I was only there for eight months, I was drawn into it. I was caught up in this amazing sense of community, of family that I'd never experienced before in church life. And uh, it set me on a road that I'm so grateful for, that God has led me through a number of different church communities over the years. And each time, he's shown me um, what it means to be part of a community. From that eight months in that church, I then went off to university and I joined CCK in Brighton and experienced community again at a very different level, much, much bigger church, but still that same heart for God and that that pulling together and that love and care for people. Dynamic coming together in worship. Seeking God's presence. A people hungry for God. Here I began to see the value of discipleship and what it meant to, to, to be led by other people and, and to have bits chipped off me that shouldn't be there. What it meant to meet together and spur one another on. Church also a place that I could serve in, be used by God and play my part. For me, I got involved with the children's work. After I graduated, I worked for the church for two years, doing kids' work, assemblies, uh, running clubs and things like that. And it was just so exciting to be part of this community that we're all serving and doing things for God and for one another. Then after five years at that church, God called me on again and he led me to Brentwood and I became part of King's Church Brentwood. And how I appreciated the mix of ages in that church, the community feel there. In Brighton, it was such a big church, the student work alone was about 80 people. And so it was, we kind of spent a lot of time kind of with similar age and similar backgrounds. But coming to Brentwood, there was that new dynamic of different ages coming together, family of, of different generations. And yet there was still that community where people gathered to worship and seek God. looking out for one another, enjoying each other's company, great meals together and weekends away and things like that. Then six years later, he called us, because Liz and I were us by that point, to here. Well, not strictly here, but over there a few miles in St. Albans, to King's Community Church. What a community! Who could forget the welcome we got from Ange that first Sunday? (laughs) Experience weekends away, playing fun games and avoiding the rain. Making amazing friends, being nurtured, stretched, challenged and loved. I've rejoiced with people, I've grieved with people. Sample great food from the likes of Jackie and Emma, 
Manjit, Rose, Valerie, all sorts of amazing cooks in this church. We're so blessed. Being fathered by mighty men like John, David, Dave and Gary. And recently, the new emphasis that we're feeling as a church on the call to mission and that being such a vital part of our community together. These are some of my experiences of church community over the years. And obviously now as an elder, I have the wonderful privilege of helping to shape what the community of this church looks and feels like. And that's what I'm going to hopefully do today, what we're doing in this series about our vision. And so we're going to pick up our vision today. And last week, David introduced our vision and set out the idea that we are looking at three areas, three key areas of our vision. And I see it a bit like a three-legged stool. And in fact, I was going to bring one with me and I left it by the front door. At home, I've got a very, very old three-legged stool that was made by my grandmother. Uh, It's stable and solid and secure because it's got these three legs on it. Without the minimum of three legs, the stool isn't very stable at all. And it makes it fit for purpose. And our hope is that the vision that we are casting afresh over these few weeks will help us all to see that our church is fit for purpose, that it is stable, solid and secure. So David last week was looking at his presence, the importance that we grasp, we know and experience God's presence in everything we do, whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's gathering groups during the week or whether it's out and about doing our lives, that we take God's presence wherever we go. Today we're coming on to our community and then Gary next week is going to pick up our third statement, their hope, and looking at what it means to take hope wherever we go. Well, when I'm thinking about community, actually we've talked about community a lot over the years that I've certainly been part of King's Community Church. It comes up explicitly, we've we've done other preaching uh, messages explicitly on our community. In fact, I've delivered some myself over the years. But it also comes through in all sorts of different ways. It's just there, it trickles in, because it is such an important part of who we are. When David was preaching recently on Ephesians back at the beginning of April, he talked of phrases like honour, cherish, support, enjoy and love one another. To give thanks for those in KCC. To get wisdom from those who are more mature than you. When Matt was preaching as part of the Proverbs series, he talked about gathering an A-team around us to help support us and spur us on. When I was talking on family, we looked at the elements that brought in church community through that. We just keep coming back to it because it's, who, it's, it's really part of who we are. It's in our name, King's Community Church. It's not just there to fill up space on a banner. It's there because we think it's so important. And so I make no apology that we're talking about it again. And I hope you can sense it's something I am passionate about. It is so important. And what I want to do over the next few minutes together is to briefly look at what community looks like and then look at what it is for. What is community for? And particularly thinking about our church community in that context. So first of all, what does it look like? Well, some of the things that hopefully you've already picked up if you've been around us for a while is that we feel called to be the three eyes. So our community is integrated. That means people coming together and mixing together with perhaps people they wouldn't mix with in other contexts. But because of who we are in Christ, we are drawn together. We are one body. 
We're called to be influential, to have an impact on the people around us and people who aren't yet part of us. We're called to be international, coming together. These flags at the front, they're so meaningful to us. These are the countries that are represented in this church. And we go to the nations too because we feel God's called us to be one group of people called together to worship him. We're not called to be lots of separate different churches with each different nation and each separate church. No, Christ came to abolish all division and bring people together. We're called to be multi-generational. That's what a community should look like. For those of us who are at Catalyst Festival, that was a key word that came in the first meeting about being multi-generational. Now that's not new to us. So it was great almost to hear God giving that stamp afresh. Yeah, we're to be multi-generational, coming together. We're not to be in our separate age groups. And that's what's wonderful about our community is we are multi-generational. Our community groups endeavour to reflect that as well so we all come together, drawing on one another's life experiences and backgrounds. In fact, to pinch a, a phrase that King's Church Eastbourne used, Communities should be all types of people from all kinds of backgrounds with all sorts of stories. It should be a whole mixed match of people united in Christ. It's a place to belong, to feel safe, to feel welcome, to be nurtured and to grow. It should be family. It should be marked by a number of traits. And we're going to explore some of these over the next few weeks. Traits like integrity, generosity, honour, courage. Now I think, I hope you will agree that KCC looks a lot like this already and we want to keep the things that are already doing as a community but we also, any that we haven't yet got fully, we want to develop further. We want to keep pressing on, we want to hold on to being community. Whatever size we are as a church, we want to be community. How have you experienced community at church? How have you experienced at KCC? Have you picked up on some of those things I've mentioned? Is it like what I've described? What can you do about it? If you feel it's lacking in a particular area, what can you do about it? What, what, what are you going to do to help change it? Because we want this to be a place of safety, security, a place where people grow, where people come in, they, they, they see themselves develop and either become strong pillars in this church or go elsewhere and do similar in other churches. So what is community for? Well, I reckon it's all about the ships. Yesterday we went to a um, fantastic day, actually. You should have all been there. It was the World Slalom World the Canoe Slalom World Cup, just down the road in Lee Valley Whitewater Centre. It was a brilliant day out, great fun. Lots and lots of, uh, obviously, canoeists and kayakers to watch coming down uh, the rapids. And Great Britain did remarkably worse yesterday and won lots of medals uh, during that. So it was an exciting day out. But there was all sorts of other activities going on while we were there. And uh, one of the things that Joshua and Kezi had to go out was this bouncy galleon. I bet you'd never seen a ship looking quite like that before. But ships come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And I reckon that part of the reasons that we are here as a community is for four different ships. OK, admitted the last one is a little bit of a far reach but I was struggling by then. So we're going to look at the fact that we're here for worship, fellowship, discipleship, and missionship. (laughs) It'll help you remember it. Actually, what was interesting at this day yesterday was seeing kind of that most of the events were raced individually coming down this very fast-flowing 
man-made river. You've got the different canoers and uh, kayakers coming down. Um, but alongside the river was their support team, their coach, the other members of their team. They were running down, cheering them on. Come on, come on, come on, keep pulling. Run, run, under there. And there was that sense of community that even though they couldn't all go down, they were all there with them. And in that, it struck me something about what church life should be like. You know, we can't all go into different areas. We're all sent off the rest of the time, but we should all be there in some way supporting one another and helping and praying. So we might not all be able to go over to Russia, but we want to stand with those that do and support them, chiving them along, hurrying them along. We can't can't necessarily all be available to come into space on a Saturday morning or some of the community events that are going on, but we can all be there in spirit and supporting and praying. So first and foremost, what is community for? Worship. We are fundamentally the people of God. That's who we are as a community. Our community flows out of his presence, which is why when we were coming up with our vision, we started with his presence because that's where it comes from. Actually, we're nothing different than so many other clubs and societies unless we start in God's presence. So our first role as community is to worship. Everything we are, everything that marks us out as different flows from the fact we are God's people and he will equip us then to do anything else. For each of these ship, each of these different ships, we're going to look at a passage from Ephesians. I thought it fitted quite well with the other series that we're running at the moment. And because Ephesians talks so much about church life. So we're going to look at, first of all, this first passage in Ephesians 2, 18 to 22. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it or it should be up there on the screen as well. Ephesians 2, 18 to 22 says this, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So first and foremost, our community, our church community, is to be a place for God. We are his people. As it says there, we are being built together into a dwelling place for God. What higher calling could we have than to be a dwelling place for this King of Kings, this creator that we've been singing and talking about already? Our community starts with who we are and who we primarily relate to. So you think there's something about it when we come together as Christians to worship God. There's a dynamic that you can't get when you're on your own in your room or on your own worshipping in the woods or wherever else you like to worship. There's a different dynamic when we come together. We're caught up in something in a different way. And that's why it's so important for us to be listening out during worship times when we're in this sort of setting, when we're in our community groups, listening out to what God wants us to bring because we're one body and we all are equipped with things to bring in this context. Bring to honour God, bring to encourage and build up the rest of the church. 
So part of our worship is making sure we're listening out and being ready to bring things. Community is important to God and being, by being community is a form of worship to him. It's what his plan is, that men and women would come together and be united in their love for him. As we serve, as we carry out different activities in church life, that too is part of our worship. That too is what we're made for. So first and foremost, community is for worshipping, to be in his presence, to love him, to give him our best, to enjoy being the people of God. Secondly, we're here for fellowship. We're going to look at Ephesians 4 for this bit. So if you're in your paper copy, you can just flip over one page, scroll down a bit on your tablet or look up on the screen. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That passage so clearly talks about us being united, being together, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity. We are called to fellowship. We're called to have fun, enjoy food, belong. We have some great times at KCC, don't we? We have some brilliant times. The barn dance, camping in the rain, (laughs) the great meals. We have great gatherings together. Sunday mornings, wherever we get together, we have a great time. There is a sense of family, and that's what it should be like. Now, this fellowship clearly should not just be for Sundays. I thought of the, uh, the car sticker. Can we go back a slide, please, Erica? The car sticker that you see sometimes about a dog is not for, not just, uh, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. And I thought, well, actually, church, sometimes, we can get into mentality. It's only for set periods of time. But church is for life, not just for Sundays. We believe church is about 24-7 community, helping, serving, looking out for one another, not just in this few hours together on a Sunday morning. Yes, this is, of course, going to be a fantastic time when we gather together. And our expectation should be that we're going to have a great time meeting with God and meeting with one another when we gather in this context. But it should be all the time. Loneliness is a huge issue in our society. And it should never be an issue in our church. We want to have people in our church that think things like, do you know what, I haven't seen that person for a while. I'm going to give them a call. I'm going to send them a text. That should be our attitude. That should be what all of us are like. It shouldn't just be left to the leaders of the church to notice when people aren't around. We should all be looking, oh, I haven't seen them for a while. I wonder how they are. I hope they're all right. I'm going to get in touch with them. That should be our attitude. That's what it's like if fellowship is working well. It's a shared thing. It's not a select few that are supposed to be doing it. And I hope we're never like that. I hope that is what we're like. We want people in our midst that notice when there's someone new, when there's a new visitor, or when perhaps someone stood on their own during coffee time and they go over and talk to them. We don't want people to be left out. We want our fellowship to be an inclusive one, not marked by cliques, 
And sometimes it's hard because we have natural kind of friendships, of course. We have people that we click with a bit more easily than others. But when we gather together, we should be on the lookout all the time. Who haven't I spoken to recently? Who don't I know very well? I want to challenge you, even over coffee this morning, find someone out that you don't know very well and go and have a conversation with them. Set yourself a target like that. You could do that every week. And you'd get to know so many more people. Your life would be richer as a result, and so would theirs. That's what fellowship is about. And sometimes we have to make an effort. Sometimes we have to make that decision. No, I'm not just going to default back to the person I normally see. It's not that I can't see them, but what about all these other people as well? Maybe someone who's not in your age group. Ooh. (laughs) It's okay. They don't bite much. Maybe someone who's from another country than you. Maybe someone who's moved from a different area than you. Let's do it. Let's be inclusive. Let's be integrated. It's down to each one of us to make this happen. I can, I can stand at the front and spout about it, but we've all got to make it happen. Being a fellowship, too, is about meeting people's needs. It's about listening, really listening to people when they're telling you about something and not just saying, oh, dear, I hope you feel better soon. It's actually doing something. Maybe stop and praying for them straight away. Maybe it's, maybe it's a practical need they need help with. And what's great about our Facebook group is that lots and lots of people are doing that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be just on Facebook. It could be in real life too. You can do it person to person. (laughs) The Friends theme tune comes to mind. I'll be there for you. That should be our theme tune. I'll be there for you when the rains start to come. (laughs) Again. I'll be there for you when life's tough. God chooses to use us as church to minister to people. Yes, he may well intervene directly, but also we're called to be part of that. We're his body on earth. Tom Wright puts it like this in one of his books. The early church did its best to live as a kind of extended family. And I think we should be like that. We find the command to care for one another in the New Testament. This doesn't just mean thinking kind thoughts and saying comforting words. It means providing materials and financial help to those in need. You know, if we're going to be the fellowship that we should be, then we need to make sure we meet people's needs in whatever form they come. And it involves an everyday choice, this fellowship, going back to it not being Sunday mornings. It's every single day. Are we choosing to invest in our fellowship? Are we choosing to invest in this community? You know, when we do marriage preparation and when we do marriage sessions, we talk to people about choosing to invest in their marriage. It's a conscious decision. Of course you love your your spouse, but you still choose to invest in it and put good things into your marriage. And it should be that attitude with us as church. We should choose to do things, sometimes putting ourselves out. You know, we saw a lot of sacrificial serving over Catalyst Festival, people who prepared to put up tents in the mud People who gave lifts to others. People who fed other people. It puts you out sometimes doing fellowship. But, oh, it's so worth it. I want to challenge you with a few questions I was thinking of. I was thinking this aspect of church life. How can you treat other Christians like members of your own family? How can you treat them as as if you're related to them? How are you helping to build community? 
What are you doing? If you're feeling our community is lacking something, what are you doing about it? How can you assure community is for life, not just for Sunday? What sort of things can you do over the coming week that would be saying, yeah, this isn't a Sunday, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to text this person. I'm going to ring this person. I'm going to go out for coffee with this person. What are you doing personally to make our church family more warm and loving? It's all about us. It's all about all of us together on this. Thirdly, discipleship. Our community is here for discipleship. It's there it's, it's a key way God uses for our growth and development. We need people around us to knock bits off us and to help shape us. So at Ephesians 4, a little bit later, 11 to 16, it says this. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that itself, by that it builds itself up in love. Now, a while ago, God gave me an image of our church being like a wood, a forest. And in this forest, when, you've, when you take a walk through the woods, you've got trees at all different stages. They're not all mature trees. They're not all the same age. It just doesn't work like that. Within a wood, you have trees that have stood there for many, many decades. They've been around, they're solid, they're secure. You've also got little saplings just beginning to grow. You've also got some in between as well. You've got a whole range. And what you've got is younger trees in that wood being sheltered from the storms by the larger trees, by the stable trees around them. And that's what our church should be like. That's what our church is like. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen people come in who are relatively new in their faith. And they've been nurtured. They've been sheltered by the stable, more mature people. And they've either then grown on and become more mature trees themselves in this church or they've gone elsewhere and blessed other churches. That's what it should be like. And that should be always an aspect of our church life. Our community is here for discipleship, to help us all grow. We want to see more of it. I say again, as I did the other week, spiritual fathers and mothers, rise up. We need you in this church. We need you not only to shelter the younger ones, but to nurture them, to help them to grow. Those of you who consider yourself to be younger in the faith, Get alongside some of these more mature Christians. Get your A-team around you, as Matt was talking about. We all need help in this. One of my favourite passages, Hebrews 10, talks about us holding fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who who promised is faithful. And it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're to stir one another on in love and good deeds. We're to motivate and help. 
Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We should take note of the examples of others around us in this. You know, Colin very honestly stood up the other week and talked about his experiences of church life and the sacrifices that he and Jane have made over the years for the calling to church life. And this is a man who is wise in God. We need to look to those sort of things and, and take here what he's saying. This is a man who's put things aside for the sake of God and his community, his people. We need to look to others like that and hear the lessons they're saying. So we're to worship. Our community is here to worship. Our community is here for fellowship. It is here for discipleship. And finally, I know, missionship. God's really highlighting this to us over recent years. Yeah, I'm only going to briefly mention this because Gary's going to pick up on this much more when next week we talk about their hope. Ephesians 3, 8 to 12 says this. To me, that's Paul, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realised in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. You got that phrase in there, he made known, that the, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And I would say everywhere else as well. Now this is an eternal plan God's had for us as his people to make his good news known to the world. As I said before, many people in the world are lonely. They're desperate to belong. We have a wonderful community. We can take it for granted sometimes because we're caught up in it. But when you talk to people, they just, so many people don't have this. We are containers of hope. We have something desirable. We're to take God's presence out with us wherever we go. We have it anyway. We need to display it. I was thinking, I don't know how many of you have seen the Magnum advert recently, advertising their 25 years with all the helium balloons going up, these gold ones, and the, all the ladies are chasing after them and popping them and get the Magnum. And I just thought, that's what we need to be not. We need to be out there casting out our balloons that people catch and they notice them. You know, these things glistening in the sun. When we take God's presence out, that's what we're like. We're casting out these desirable things that are going to catch people's attention. We've got good stuff. People will run to it and grab it. We just need to take it out. Our community is here that other people would know too and be drawn in. So our community, this community, should be one where people feel safe, they feel nurtured, that they belong that we're here for worship, for fellowship, discipleship, for missionship. I want to call you this morning to get on board. Get on board. I've said in other sessions, you know, we can help build community by having the right attitude towards one another. 
to building unity, to speak well of one another. We can build community by turning up to things, by one anothering, practicing all the different over 50 one anotherings that are talked about in the New Testament. Build community by playing our part, not just sitting back and taking, 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 but we're called to be one body, each with a role to play. It's no good just saying, thinking, well, the ear's going to do all the different jobs. I'm not an ear. The ear can do all the rest of it. Well, it doesn't work like that, does it? Our body wouldn't function very well if we only had an ear. I'm going to leave the walking for the ear to do today. No, if you're a foot, get walking. It's in the little things we can build community. Noticing when someone's not around, taking time to listen to someone. And we can build community by praying for one another, praying for our brothers and sisters, that God would bless them, that God would use them. I'm calling you to help us make community in this place, to make it a priority yourself. Commit to KCC. Choose to make this your home. And as I was thinking about this, I wanted to sum up with a kind of rousing speech. And when you think of rousing speeches through history, I guess this is one that many people think of. I have a dream. I have a dream today. I have a dream. I'm going to get emotional right now, so I'm just going to warn you. I have a dream of a community where people delight in coming together to worship the King of Kings, not worrying about what others think, but expressing themselves before him wholeheartedly and unreservedly. I have a dream of a community where people eagerly desire spiritual gifts, willingly bringing them to honour their maker and build up each other. I have a dream of a community where people notice when others are missing and seek them out to check on how they are. I have a dream of a community where people rejoice with those who celebrate and grieve with those who mourn. I have a dream of a community where people ask for, give and receive help when they need it, without hesitation, reluctance or embarrassment. I have a dream of a community where people listen, really listen, to those who are sharing needs, physical, material, emotional, mental or spiritual, and take action to help and support them. I have a dream of a community where people eat great food, enjoy delicious drinks, and have fun together. I have a dream of a community where people welcome, nurture, and make all feel they belong. I have a dream of a community where people choose to lay down their masks and let others see them for who they really are. I have a dream of a community where people encourage, provoke, challenge, respect, and love each other. I have a dream of a community, a family, where older men are encouraged as fathers, younger men treated like brothers, older women respected as mothers, and younger women cared for as sisters. I have a dream of a community which acts as one body with everyone playing their part. I have a dream which has all, uh, of a community which has all types of people from all kinds of backgrounds with all sorts of stories. I have a dream of a community where people are captivated and empowered by the love of Christ to go out and tell people who don't yet know him all about who he is and what he has done. I have a dream of a community which is so dynamic and vibrant in all of the above that others can't help but be drawn in. I have a dream today. That's what I dream for. That's my heart and passion for KCC. I hope you see many of these things in our community already. Will you join me in making the things you don't yet see a reality? Let's make this a vibrant, dynamic place. Let's make it a community that people love to be in and others want to join, that people are banging on the door, as it were, to get in. I want some of what you've got. 
Let's rise and worship God right now. He is our King of Kings. He's the reason why we're here. He's the reason why we have a community at all. So we're going to stand, we're going to worship him. And while we do, we're going to take part in the meal that he gave us as a family. We're going to have communion together and declare that he has kingdom authority. He's the one that's brought us together and he will have his way. And if we get hold of this, if we truly get hold of this and we live it out, we will be the hope for the world that we'll be hearing about more next week. Let's stand, church. Let's stand, family, and worship our dad, the one who owns it all.